Welcome to Weekly Homilies with Father Mark Sislenko, pastor of Saints Isidore and Maria Parish in Glastonbury, Connecticut. We are part of the Catholic Archdiocese of Hartford. I'm Carol Vassar, Parish Director of Communications. You're listening to Season 3, Episode 22 for Pentecost Sunday, May 31st, 2020. Our Gospel reading is from John, Chapter 20, verses 19 through 23. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked, where the disciples were, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. The Gospel of the Lord. Our world continues to see increasing episodes of violence and anger. In general, people just seem more angry than they have been even in recent past. In order to understand the essence of anger, we have to understand where it most likely comes from and another emotion that is often its traveling companion. And that emotion is hurt. Think about it for a moment. Think of an episode in your own life when someone has hurt you. Maybe they disappointed you. Maybe they directly and intentionally lashed out to hurt you. If you're unable to process and deal effectively with that hurt, The next impulse is to get angry. You may shun them, or you may even go to another level and act that hurt out in an angry way and actually hurt them in return. Hurt and anger must be understood together. As we journey through our life experiences, and as we begin to look at times in our life when we are angry and when we have been hurt, it is important to resolve these experiences. Otherwise, they can, in a very real sense of the word, take on a life of their own. Now, what is true personally is also true in terms of our society. So if I find myself angry at someone, I must step back and get to the underlying hurt that is leading to that experience and feeling of anger. In terms of our society, the dynamic works the same way. 
Think of Jesus when he confronted the money changers in the temple. He was clearly angry. But what preceded that anger was a very real sense of hurt, hurt that he felt for the abuse of God's temple. It was that hurt that led him to then reach out and act out to put an end to what he was seeing displayed before him. We too, in our interactions in society, can see injustices done to those who are most vulnerable and our hurt that we feel on their behalf then leads us to anger at the injustice. And so you see, in all situations, even though anger begins with hurt, we're ultimately trying to set things right again. We are trying to achieve justice. And so if I cannot resolve the hurt in and of itself, the anger becomes an attempt to do so. But here's where it gets a little bit more tricky. It is our understanding of justice that will then determine what our next steps are going to be. So, for example, if justice is doing whatever I need to do to set things straight, then violence may be the alternative that is chosen. But is violence the only way that we can set the record straight on hurt and anger that is affecting us so intensely and deeply? There are two different types of justice. Societal justice sees retaliation, retribution, and violence as necessary ways and acceptable ways of often dealing with hurt, anger, and injustice. Biblical justice sees things in a different light. We can go back in memory to Jesus as he was in the garden before his crucifixion with the right ear of the high priest being severed. Jesus does not accept this as a way of dealing with the anger and the hurt that his friends were feeling. In essence, he says, there is no place for this here. Violence is not the way to resolve conflict. And Jesus never advocated it as an acceptable means as well. And so as we begin to look at the two scales of justice, so to speak, societal views 
and biblical views, how do we achieve the reconciliation and wholeness, the true justice that we seek when someone has been hurt and wronged and we feel the anger as a result of that pain? The Feast of Pentecost that we celebrate today can lead us in that proper direction. Let's return to the experience of the disciples once again. As they watched their friend die upon the cross, as they watched Jesus suffer so intensely and so unneedlessly, it is very easy to conclude that as a result of watching that experience, they could find themselves hurt and also intensely angry. And that hurt and that anger could have led them to a whole different place, especially as they waited for the gift of the resurrection and the gift of the Holy Spirit they could have easily taken a more violent approach, but they had internalized enough the message of the gospel to know that that was not the road to take or the way to set things straight. It is when the gift of the Holy Spirit is given to them that they find themselves empowered to act and deal with what has happened in a more constructive and productive way. They found themselves able to move beyond the hurt and the anger, to focus more intently on a greater mission. It was the Holy Spirit that gave them the resolve and the ability to then leave what they knew to be familiar and push off into different shores. You see, the path to true justice isn't found down the road of revenge or violence. Those roads only lead to more of the same and then produce ripple effects that can often run quite out of control. The road to true justice means returning to the original hurt that is experienced, that has fueled the anger in the first place. It is through the gift and the power of the Holy Spirit that we are able to bring ourselves back to listen intently to the cries of the oppressed and the poor, to listen intently to the stories that people need to tell, to the experiences that have brought people to the place in which they find themselves, to listen with compassion to the wounds 
of a human heart. You see, what we fail to realize is that our hurt and our anger, if unchecked and not properly dealt with, has a cumulative effect. If I have something unresolved in my past, a hurt that has never gotten healed, then it's quite likely that an experience in the present of a similar kind of hurt will allow the past to come to the future and be present with the new experience in an even more intense way. This cumulative effect causes our hurts and our angers to build until they can even reach a point of fever pitch. Unless we listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, unless we take the step to truly open ourselves to the heart and the experience of another, we will never find the wholeness that we seek and true justice will never be achieved. And so as we look at the immensity of the problems that are before us, and we look at the intensity of the anger and even the violence that spews forth as a result of that, we can find ourselves wondering what is it that we can possibly do to even bring some measure of healing or wholeness to this situation? Well, it all boils down to a very simple adage. Simple things with great faith. And think about it for a moment. Is that now not how God operates in the world and in each one of us? Simple things with great faith. If some flour mixed with some water, a prayer of blessing can produce the body and blood of Jesus Christ. What more can God do with the simplicity of our own lives and our own meager offerings? Whether that be the smile on our face as we greet another, whether it be the gesture of kindness extended to someone who needs it, whether it be how we process and think about the ills of our world, how we treat those who are outcasts and poor, how we view those who are marginalized, and how we think of the systems of governance that allow all of us to live and move in this, our society. You see, it's all a part of the mix. And even though I may not be able to change the entire course of events that are before me, I certainly can control the daily events of my life. 
I can find myself living more in the spirit of being more aware and keen of God's presence around me, of being more attentive to those who are not in the same place as I, of being able to open myself to truly listen to the cries of another. Hurt leads to anger, and anger can lead to violence. It is so important for us to listen, but it's also important for us to change and to truly address the needs that are at the core of the behaviors that we are witnessing, that are behaviors that are unfolding around us. May we, as we continue in our journey of faith, empowered by the gift and the presence of the Holy Spirit, truly live lives that are gospel-centered, truly live lives that have as their goal the attainment of biblical justice, where the tables are set right for all people, where all people find a place and a home, where God's glory and presence is praised above all else, and that the world lives truly in peace. This is the vision that Jesus had before us. This is the goal that we all must work to achieve. May the gift and the power of the Holy Spirit allow us to do so and allow us to truly be the disciples we were all called to be. Father Mark Stislenko is the pastor of Saints Isidore and Maria Parish in Glastonbury, Connecticut. Learn more about our parish community at isidoreandmaria.org and follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our music comes free of charge from Blue Dot Sessions in Fall River, Massachusetts. I'm Carol Vassar. Thanks for listening.